In today's episode of Talk Commerce, we venture all the way to Ireland and we interview Rohan Khan. Rohan runs an agency to help DTC brands and other advertisers have stability in their advertising. If you've ever been on Facebook and you suddenly get cut off, Rohan has tools to help you stay there. This episode gives you the knowledge and tools to better understand the ins and outs of doing paid ads. I also want to give a little plug to my free joke project. If you are interested in signing up for a free joke, please reach out to jokes at talk-commerce.com. Talk Commerce is sponsored by Haifa, or as the Europeans say, Hufa, or the right way to say it. Hufa is rapidly becoming the biggest Magento front end after Luma. For those who don't know it, Luma is the basic theme that comes with Magento, and it is giantly slow. If you're looking for a template-based front-end with the fastest loading times in the e-commerce industry while saving costs on development time and hosting infrastructure, Hufa is your best option. Everybody loves a fast site, including Google. Improve your Google ranking and conversion rates and make your customers happy. Learn more at hyva.io. That's hyva.io. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Rohan Khan with Orange Trail Agency. Rohan, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us what your day-to-day role is and maybe one of your passions in life. Cheers, Brent. Thanks for having us here. And yeah, glad to be here. My name is Rohan Khan. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Orange Trail. Orange Trail provides high-level agency ad accounts to advertisers so that they can advertise with stability. And we have direct contracts and agreements with Meta, Google, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Bing, and Taboola ASBs for whitelisted accounts. Passions, sports has always been one of my passions, and specifically mixed martial arts. I was just in the UFC in Paris two weeks ago watching it cage side, so that was quite amazing. And the day-to-day activities is just having hundreds of advertisers come to us to get help with advertising. And uh, yeah, right now we have very large official partners like Triple Whale, AdLeaks, Georges. So yeah, that's a quick little intro about us. <laughs> cool. When you were in Paris, did you participate in the cage match? I did not. I'm not a professional fighter. However, I was more than happy to sit ringside and just watch it from distance. <laughs> Great. Yeah, my, my son drags me to some of those sometimes, and he's also doing not doing it, but... Yeah, anyways, keep moving. All right, Rohan, before we start, I know that I prepped you with a joke, and I appreciate you participating in the Free Joke Project. It's hashtag mm-hmm. Free Joke Project. And I'm going to tell a joke, and all you have to do at the end is say, that joke is a free joke, or we can charge for that joke. Sure, let's go. All right, ready? What's the difference <laughs> between a vegan and a computer programmer? One is disgusted by a rack of lamb, and the other is disgusted by a lack of ram. (laughs) That is certainly a dad joke. I'll say that's a free joke. (laughs) All right. All right. Free joke. Good. All right. You're the first one to do the free. I appreciate that. And you're right. All the jokes should be free. They're open source. All right. So let's jump into the topic at hand. (laughs) There we go. Yes, they're open source joke, right? If you can probably get them on Git. Actually, there is an open source repository for jokes. 
There's a dad joke API out there. All right, great. authorized. So why would somebody want to go with an authorized vendor for it? Yeah, great question. The biggest reason, actually, that we created this agency was, first of all, I am no newbie to the industry myself. I've been now six and a half years deep into digital marketing. Specifically, I started with e-commerce. I had multiple back in 2017 when the Facebook CPMs were heavenly. I had dropshipping stores, and then from there I progressed and created online e-commerce brands. And two and a half years ago, I exited one of my e-commerce brands to a VC in Canada. But hey, that entire journey wasn't without its up and downs. We had like daily fires that we had to fire, fight. We had um, ad account restrictions, pages, profiles, BMs getting banned. Even though it was just a fashion brand, and another one was a lifestyle brand, it totally white hat, nothing against policy. And I always remembered one of Elon Musk's quotes, which was you get paid in proportion to the level of problems you solve. The bigger the problem, the more you can get paid. Now, after exiting the VC, it wasn't really money was the goal. I had a bunch of money, a bunch of time. I didn't know what else to do. So I just figured out leveraging my industry contacts, spending millions in ad spend myself, usually having the right reps in each platform, and just connecting the two. So we put pen to paper, flew around the world, met with a lot of these reps, and we created this high-level agreement for Orange Trail where we now have contracts with each of the platform ASPs to provide these accounts. Now, the question would be, why would someone use our accounts compared to just a standard normal account? It's free. Everyone can use one. I'll tell you, these standard accounts don't have the level of support that we do. You might get a random false ban, even though you're completely white hat. It might be a legitimate business, but you get restricted and you're waiting weeks and weeks for support to respond to you. Everyone knows that the sport times are notoriously slow, especially in summer, because a lot of the reps are on vacations, they've limited staff. So for those few weeks, you are at the mercy of that platform when you're waiting for a response. Now, this is especially the case if you only advertise with one single traffic source like Facebook. I call them lazy marketers. It's 2022. If you're not diversifying your traffic sources, I'm sorry to say you are a lazy marketer. Your competitors are probably diversifying at least on TikTok right now. If not, Google, Snapchat, Twitter. So these accounts, what they do is they plug that gap. They fit that. They solve the issue of slow support time. So we can get an answer within 24 hours from a direct rep. But there's a lot of other benefits of using agency accounts because these are authorized sales partner accounts. For example, lower risk of ban, unlimited spend from day one. So you don't have to warm up on that 50, 100, 150 billing limits with Facebook ads. We can whitelist certain verticals. So if you're in a risky niche, it might be white hat, but let's say melatonin or CBD. These are like frowned upon niches, even though it might be legit. We can whitelist for that. There's like numerous benefits for using agency accounts. I would say they're a secret weapon in 2022. Most people don't even know about them. And those that do, we still have to be eligible for it. Yeah, you mentioned lazy marketers. Do you feel as though the non-diversification is one of the one of the main points in being lazy? And I think you also mentioned that um, it's hard sometimes to get unbanned and maybe even navigating those waters as a novice. Maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. The, the first step is as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out a lot of stuff. You have to be profitable. You have to figure out and validate your product, your offer in the industry. You have to differentiate yourself from your competitors. Aside from all that mess, then you see that notorious red banner in, in your ad account. Oh, you've been restricted from advertising. You don't need that added mess to your problems, but it happens. And if you've only been advertising with one platform, 
then you don't have a business. There's no traffic anymore to your website. You, you don't have any visitors. And I'm afraid to say you don't have a business because you're relying solely on one traffic source. So I would say it's a combination of being perhaps lazy because you have not taken the time and energy or money to invest in learning or implementing another traffic source for your business. But also it's just the journey of being a marketer. You need to be like a Swiss army knife. You have to have multiple tools in your arsenal, not just one traffic source. So yeah, I definitely recommend advertisers to diversify their traffic sources. So even if Facebook is your 80-20, at least you'll get 20% of traffic coming from another source when Facebook does go down, because it's inevitable. We've all been restricted. I've been restricted. We have a $30 million brand using our accounts that has been restricted. And you would imagine that they had thought about this setup way before coming to us and say, hey guys, can we use your accounts? We're restricted from advertising. Yeah, I think some business owners, when they get restricted, they automatically think we could just fall back to organic. What is the what is the difference between getting traffic from organic versus getting traffic from paid? Is it literally like a spigot on paid where you turn it on and you suddenly get traffic? Oh, yeah. It's a night and day difference in terms of scalability. The only time organic works is if you already have authority and social proof in the industry. If you've built up significant brand equity over years and years, people know who you are. You have a great lifetime value from customers. They come back to repeat purchases high. If you are not at that level, and maybe you're a new marketer starting off a year in, maybe even a few months, there's no, diff- there's no, there's nothing that would compare to the success that paid traffic can bring you. It's just a matter of as soon as the ads go live, you just start to see the number on your website. There's no comparison. If if an entrepreneur then is starting out and they feel as though they're going to spend some money. I've often heard it said that you can, if you spend too little money, it's a waste of money. And if you spend too much money, it's a waste of money. And I'm assuming <laughs> that you help them find that sweet spot between spending too little and not getting anything and spending too much and just wasting your ad spend. Is there a spending, is there a limit to how much you should spend? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, look, that's the classic dilemma. It's a, and also people say scared money doesn't make money. What I would say, you don't necessarily just have to throw money at something. The only time you should is if you validated your product or offer in the market and it is genuinely something people can use or they desire or it benefits them, only then should you start spending more. That being said, if you have not much budget starting off, what I would say, just test. It's all about testing. And part of testing is obviously products, your creative, but also platform. Money you have, you should just spread it across different platforms and see which one is taking off the most. For example, Facebook CPMs are crazy high right now. We don't have those glory days of 2017, 2018 when the cost per million CPMs were very low. Right now, that is what we have on TikTok. So why wouldn't you go to TikTok, reach maybe five times more people that you would for reaching for the same budget on Facebook? It just makes sense. You don't have much budget anyway, so launch the same on Facebook and TikTok. But you're right, there is a sweet spot. I wouldn't say we necessarily help advertisers to find that. What we help advertisers with is to advertise with stability by providing them these, this infrastructure, the perfect setup for them to test and scale without bands. Okay, so then we've talked about, you said Google, Snapchat, Twitter. What Do you have a recommended top whatever platforms that you would have advertisers go on to if they're going to split out? So Facebook, I'm assuming, is one of them, and LinkedIn? 
Would that be one that you would also help? It really does depend on your offer. For example, if it's lead gen, it depends on your target markets. Are you e-commerce? Are you doing digital info? Are you selling a course? You really have to pick your audience and your platform. It has to be congruent with what your offer is. So I would say, first of all, reverse engineer. What are you selling? Who is it to? And then check which platform is most relevant. If it's a high demographic over 50, maybe TikTok's not the best fit. Because as we see, TikTok is the lower to 35 demographic now. Facebook has always been, in my opinion, the best bang for buck. Um, I think they've got their algorithm figured out the best. It's just a shame that they have glitches and random false positive bans with their ad accounts. But I definitely think Facebook is the best bank for your buck. If it's a, a service in a local business or something, well, Google search, you can't, you can't neglect that because where is the first place people would uh, go to find this said product or service? They'll probably type it into Google. We had a luxury chess brand in the past, uh, two and a half years ago, and we were trying to figure out where would people go to buy a chess board. The first thing you would do is board in Google. So we heavily invested in Google and YouTube ads. And there was great ROI on that. We spent quite a lot on TikTok and it didn't work because our average order was $200 for a board because these are luxury boards, very pristine, following themes like ancient Greece. So it's not a conventional board. And we spent probably like 10, 15K on TikTok and there was like no ROI. We probably lost money there, but it was worth the try. Facebook was decent. So it's just about testing. I wouldn't say go 15K in the red before you decide to pull the plug on it, but just gauge it, calibrate, and it's all about testing. Yeah, and it is dependent on your budget and your revenue, of course. 15K to a large multinational would be nothing, where 15K to a small mom and pop show or shop would be significant. So you mentioned, you've mentioned Facebook a couple times. If you are heavily dependent on Facebook and you get banned, how do you help them then to pivot and then get back on? What's the kind of workflow there? Advertisers come to us. We've, the first question is, what kind of issues did you have? And it really does, we don't accept anyone that's running any black hat or shady offers. We stick specifically to white hat offers, perhaps a little bit in the gray, but that's in relation to the vertical, like CBD, THC. These are allowed in certain states and in nations, but it's just maybe you had issues with that. So first thing we ask is what was the reason for the restriction? And then secondly, what is your URL or your offer? Because we need to make it uh, approved with our reps. So we take it to the reps and say, hey, here's an advertiser. They want to use our special advertising account. Can we approve them? As soon as they're approved, then the process is quite simple. We set up an agency account for them within 24 hours. We're the fastest in the industry, so within a few hours, we can set up your account. These accounts are not like normal accounts, by the way, Brent. I should explain a little bit about that. Authorized sales partner accounts from Meta or these platforms can only be topped up via bank transfer. For example, advertiser wants to put funds on the accounts, like a prepay account. We have to invoice them the amount they want. We receive the funds, then we send it to Meta to put on the account. As soon as that's done, we shared the agency ad account into their BM. So their business manager. And the reason this is a safe setup is because it's a diversified setup. It's decentralized from your BM. This ad account is independent from your business manager. So if your business manager gets banned, it has no impact on the ad account itself. The ad account won't get banned. All we do is we remove your business manager, wait for you to get a new one. We'll tie a new business manager or multiple business managers to the ad account. It's a decentralized setup because this ad account is in a meta-authorized sales partner account. And that's one of the reasons why they don't get banned easily because they're pre-vetted. They have a green status within the meta. And when you meta includes Instagram and Facebook, right? And do those follow each other? Correct. So, so they're in um, one big account. Instagram was bought by Facebook, now meta. And this is a placement 
you can do in the Ads Manager of Facebook. So you go to Ads Manager of Facebook, you can select, I want to place this on Instagram, yes. I have a curiosity question. Is there such a thing as a Bing ad? Absolutely. Do you do ads? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Does anybody so buy them? Very good question. And I mentioned at the start, we now also provide Bing agency accounts. So I made a deal with Microsoft two and a half weeks ago, and we are now an authorized sales partner provider of these accounts as well. Bing is something that, of course, you know, the tech savvy young people in our generation today would not be using Bing. They're just grown up and used to Google. However, we do have the older demographic generally using Bing. If the browser is already configured on a new laptop or computer as having been or not specifically for Google, they'll continue to use it. It's not an issue for them. And Bing is a great browser. So Bing ads do work. I would just say it's an older demographic. So your offer has to be you know, congruent with that specific target audience. Okay, so there might be somebody that would choose Bing. And is Bing significantly less than Google ads? Big time, yeah. It's uh, significantly less. <laughs> but that's not to say you still can't advertise and make money on it. Of course, it's possible. For the for the advertiser then that wants to diversify, I would imagine that you would try to get them in any of those spots that would fit. So Snapchat, TikTok, I would think would be grouped together. Maybe Twitter would come into there. How do you work with the advertiser to recommend some of those platforms to be on to advertise? Or do you kind of just take what they're doing and then get them onto the authorized program? Yeah, good question. So a lot of the times they're already aware of and sure of what they want themselves. So we don't have to direct them or offer them in any way. They say, hey, Rohan, I need Facebook agency account ASAP. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Here's next steps. Sometimes when we do see potential, for example, we have over 300 clients across various different niches and verticals. Sometimes we might see certain e-commerce client in the fashion niche crushing it on also Snapchat and TikTok. And then another client might only be using Facebook. Now, we're not allowed to, of course, disclose any names or disclose specifics, but we might suggest to someone, hey, we have another client who's also in the fashion industry doing extremely well on TikTok. They're seeing very low CPMs right now. The target number of traffic is the same as yours. We would recommend you get on TikTok as well. And then sometimes they give it a try. Of course, Snapchat, no different. We're seeing some of our clients get low CPMs of $2 in US demographics. So that is insane to reach a thousand people just for $2, especially in a tier one country like US. Yeah, we make the recommendations and then it's on their, their honest. They decide whether they want to pursue it or not. And of course, we're happy to step, step by step walk them through it. Do you see trends? So you, you mentioned earlier that it's really dependent on what your product is. If you grouped it between D2C and B2B, do you see trends on where somebody would want to advertise from a B2B standpoint? Is there like a go-to for B2B? Yeah, I would say majority of our customers are D2C and they are predominantly on Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. B2B, we did see certain advertisers doing well on Google, occasionally Facebook as well. It just depends on what your offer is and you have to be super laser targeted to reach other businesses. You have to be laser targeted and your targeting has to be on point. Otherwise, you're going to be blowing money, reaching the wrong, wrong people. So we did notice that B2B can work well as long as you know what you're doing as a marketer and you're reading, reaching the right pockets of audiences. But predominantly we've seen Google, it does well. Facebook, Twitter, not so much. And LinkedIn does work well as well, but LinkedIn advertising is quite expensive. The CPMs are very high. Yeah, I've seen the Twitter promoed 
stuff in my feed, and I, I guess I rarely quick click on the tri- on the Twitter ads. <laughs> you feel as though some of the platforms are less around the paid clicks, and Facebook, I think, is one that's pretty obvious. Is there a differentiator between platforms and why people are using them? Yeah, I, I do think some are lagging behind, and they're making you know, a conscious effort right now to drive their advertising departments up. Twitter, I definitely think, is one of them. It is someone that joined the advertising space a little bit later, I think, and their their algorithm, in my opinion, it's good. So, for example, on Twitter, did you know that you can target someone specifically by the hashtag that they've used in their tweets in the past? I would say that's quite laser targeted. That's not something really you can do on Facebook. Facebook groups interests together. So if you want to put cat lovers on, on a Facebook, you can find that. However, on Twitter, you can go even deeper. You can say, okay, I want a Bengal kitten. And someone that says Bengal on a hashtag or Bengal kitten, you can target those tweets or those users. So it is quite laser targeted. But again, Twitter is expensive. So what I think is that advertisers actually go to Twitter or these other platforms that aren't so popular. And they spend maybe a couple hundred, a couple thousand. They don't see the ROI that they would on Facebook. And then they just get discouraged and they just stop. I think that's what happens. But aside from your conventional verticals, we've noticed that the crypto and NFT Web3 space is flourishing on Twitter. A lot of the, this community is on Twitter. So we've had multiple NFT projects come to us and say, hey, we need a Lao listing on Twitter. We want to advertise there. And they've been crushing it with, with their Twitter ads. Yeah, we have a few minutes left here. If you had a good piece of advice to give to a, a D2C marketer, what would that be as we go into this busy Black Friday season of 2022? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question, and I get this a lot. First and foremost, we touched on it already. You need to already prepare multi-omni-channel strategies. You need to diversify your traffic sources because, hey, this is going to be the final quarter and it's going to be the busiest and the best time. So you have to take full advantage of it and you need to diversify your traffic sources. So you need to set up everything right now because what works on Facebook may not necessarily work on TikTok. TikTok is a completely different platform. In terms of the content, it might be slightly different that converts as well. We've noticed that UGC style converts well on TikTok, whereas on Facebook, the the creatives have to be different. So first thing is diversify your traffic sources on already set up and find winning combinations of your creatives and just optimize each stage of the funnel for each platform. Second thing is make sure that you have your advertising set up minimized for bands. What I mean by that is it needs to be optimized in a way that all your assets are not in one business manager. So what we often tell our advertisers is if you are advertising on Facebook, have your pixel in one business manager, have the ad account which you're going to be advertising from in another business manager, and maybe share the page that you're of your brand or your dropshipping store or your business, whatever, in another business manager. The reason we have this diversified BM setup is that if one goes down, you don't have all your eggs in one basket and you're totally reliant on that one business manager. And if that goes down, everything goes down. Whereas if you have three business managers that you've shared access with each other, if one goes down, all you have to do is just remove that, share the asset into the next business manager, and you're still running fine. Now that's with a personal setup, okay? For having the best setup as possible, for scaling, I would highly recommend if you're having issues, if you're not having it, this is great for you, uh, excellent. But if you are having issues, make sure you do look up agency ad accounts and consider it for scaling because there's no warm-up periods required. You can scale without any issues 
And if you do get banned, we can get ad accounts back within 24 hours because we have this priority support where we can get our appeals to the front of the line. And lastly, what I would say is in terms of your offer in the market, make sure your average order value is high. Whatever your offer is, find complementary offers or cross-sells or upsells and just market them and get the AOV higher. The average order value is what's going to get you profitable and increase your lifetime value from each. So you just make sure your validated offer, diversified setup, and limit your advertising liability in terms of bans and restrictions. <laughs> No, it's good. Yeah, Rohan, as a, as a closeout uh, podcast, I give everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug. What would you like to plug today? Orange Trail, for sure. So if anyone is interested in these agency whitelisted ad accounts that I spoke about, you can find us at orangetrail.io. Book a call with us. See if you're eligible. One of our account managers will be happy to talk you through our entire servicing, the pricing, and see if you're eligible. We can't work with every single advertiser. It's case by case. So have come have a call with us, and we'll see if you're eligible. If you'd like to find me, you can also reach out to me directly on Instagram. It's R underscore O-H-N, so Rohan. I'm happy to respond to any questions or comments people might have. Brent, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having us on this podcast. Yeah, and I'll make sure I'll put the links on the show notes so people can find those easily. Rohan Khan, the co-founder of Orange Trail, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Brent. Appreciate it. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the Free Joke Project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.